teachers tell it, preachers yell it. Okay, that's what happens. And uh, we'll be sitting at the dinner table, and my wife will say, honey, you're yelling, okay? And so I don't always know that I'm doing it, so I'm going to use this to try to keep my voice down uh, and so I can tell it instead of yelling it. You know, when we go to Walmart, Vicky says, honey, I can hear you five aisles over. And so it's just something that's natural in me, amen? Uh, guys, of course, happy Father's Day. Uh, I'm grateful that you're here. Uh, I think that's the first thing that's on my heart this morning is as I look across this room, uh, whether you're young, whether you're older, uh, if you're, even if you're not a dad, but you're a man, I'm grateful that you're in church this morning. And I want you to know as your pastor that I love you. I want you to know that I'm proud of you. Uh, if you brought your family to church, I'm proud of you. If you brought yourself to church by yourself, I'm proud of you. And I want the men in this room to know that you have a pastor who loves you. You have a pastor who's proud of you. And I'm grateful uh, that you're saying yes to God. I'm grateful that you're in God's house on Sunday morning. Amen? Amen. Would you all give the Lord a hand clap this morning? Amen. Father's Day is one of my favorite Sundays. I love men's ministry. I love preaching to men. I love to see when God moves in a man's life. When God changes a man, he changes a line of people behind him. When dad finds Christ, it affects mom, it affects kids, it affects grandkids. And so I love Father's Day. I love talking to men. I love seeing God minister to men. When I grew up, I had a good family. I had a mom and a dad and a brother, and my family wasn't perfect, and I'm not pretending that it was, but I had a good family, and I had a father that took us to church. I had a father that believed in right and wrong. I had a father who was loving, but a strong disciplinarian, and I grew up in a good home and a good family, and I found Christ at an early age because my dad was a Christian. Well, on February 2nd, 1974, I'm a freshman in college. My father's tragically killed in an accident at his job. And we buried my father, and in a lot of ways, we buried my mother. Now, we didn't bury her physically. We buried her emotionally. And my mother was so crushed by the death of my father that in so many ways, we lost our family. And my dad, of course, was gone, but then my mom was gone emotionally and the things that we did as a family were just, they were just lost. So from that point, I wanted a family. I wanted to have my own family. And by the grace of God, Vicki and I met and fell in love. And she fell in love with me first, of course. And, <clears throat> and she had to really talk me into falling in love with her. And I'm playing. She, yeah, I'm sorry, baby. I love you. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, thank you, brother. There won't be supper. Amen. <laughs> then we had our, had our children, and now we have grandchildren. And, and I love being a husband. I love being a father. I love being a grandfather. It's one of the greatest things that ever happened to me in my life. And I cherish those roles. I value those roles. And what I want to do today, gentlemen, is I want to talk to you and I want to encourage you and in those roles. I want to encourage you as a man. I want to encourage you as a husband if you're married. I want to encourage you as a dad if you have children. And I want you to leave this service strengthened. Uh, 
and I want you to leave this service encouraged. Listen to me, ladies. Thank God for women. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Amen? Amen. And so this is not, this is not a Some of you just got it. Amen. Yeah, it's like, wow, hey, yeah. This is not a woman bashing session. That's not what this is. I just want to take a few moments this morning and encourage your sons, encourage your husbands, encourage your son-in-laws, and, and just allow God to, to minister to men. I've got two verses I'd like to read to you this morning. This is out of uh, Proverbs 20, verse 7. This is New King James. Listen to what it says. The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. We found out when we studied the book of Romans a few weeks ago, we've been looking at Romans, that if you know Christ is your Savior, the Bible says you're righteous. So that means that you're a Christian. It says the righteous man walks in integrity. Then it says when a man does that, that his children are blessed after him. Listen, men, you have influence. Don't think that you don't because you do. Listen to the next verse. This is Malachi 4, starting with verse 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with the earth with a curse. I find it very interesting. Those are literally the last words in the Old Testament. They're the last words in the book of Malachi. They're the last words in the entire Old Testament. Think about with me all the things God could have chose to have talked about when he finished the Old Testament. What did he choose to talk about? Family. More specifically, fathers and children. The last thing the Holy Spirit says in the Old Testament is that he wants the father's hearts to be turned toward their children. Now listen to me, men. Our hearts can be turned toward a lot of things. But what God desires is that your heart be turned towards your children. Then he says, I want the children's hearts turned toward their father. The Bible says in James, as you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Gentlemen, as you draw near to your children, they'll draw near to you. Then it says at the end of that chapter that if this doesn't happen, that there will be a curse on the land. The greatest curse on our land today is the breakdown of the family. It's affected our churches. It's affected our schools. It's affected our society because dads have gone AWOL. Because dads, in so many ways, are not connected to their children. So what I want to do this morning is I want to encourage you in three areas, gentlemen. And I want you to leave feeling like God's hand is on you, which it is, and that he wants to use you to do some things. Here's the first thing I want you to understand. Okay, you have influence. And God wants to use that influence first off in the community. First off in the community. God wants you to notice those around you. God wants you to not be afraid to speak up for what's right. 
God wants to use you to influence the men and women you work with, the people in your community, in the arena that you're in. Now listen to what I have down. First off, men, you matter. The biggest lie of the devil is that you don't matter and that you don't have a voice. And you do have a voice and you do matter and God wants to use you. The second thing is to take notice. Take notice of those around you. Don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to smile. Don't be afraid to be a, speak a word of encouragement to those around you. Be an influencer. Here's the next thing. Decide that you are going to make a difference. You see, the devil will tell you, you don't matter. No one's interested, and it's a lie. You do matter. The world is hungry for truth. You decide, I want to be an influencer. Now, of course, it's Father's Day, and I'm talking to the men, but ladies, this involves you too. God wants to use you to be an influencer, amen? Now, as we studied Romans, a couple of things that we found out are this. It says that if you live in the flesh, you can't please God. And we know that doesn't mean your body. What it means is you live a life absorbed with self. See, if you live your life and you're the center of your universe and you're self-centered, that life does not please God. But when you receive Christ as your Savior, your life becomes Christ-centered. What does that mean? Well, Jesus is my Lord, and the word Lord means boss. Rusty got off the throne of his heart, and he allowed Jesus to take that place. He's my Lord. He's my boss. My life is Christ-centered. So what happens is this. What if you were to ask God, <clears throat> excuse me, God, where do you want to use me? God, where do you want to use me? God, where do you want me to speak up? God, where do you want me to be an influence? Now listen, gentlemen, obviously the very first place that would be is in your job, okay, in the community and in your job, that you're a voice and that you speak up and that you're an influence and that you bring life and you bring hope and you bring encouragement to those around you. Now, I'm going to talk about the family in just a minute, but right now I want you to be encouraged to be an influencer to ask God to use you in the community and in your job and in those people that you're around. Here's the second thing. The second is church. Listen, gentlemen, I'm so grateful you're in church this morning. And let me tell you something. This church needs you. All right? This church needs your influence. This church needs your prayers. This church needs your giving. This church needs you to be a strong husband, a strong father, a good friend. This church needs you. Now, let me tell you something. I've always wanted Toya Christian Fellowship to be a place where men are comfortable. I've always wanted this church to be a place where a man could come to church. He could invite a guy from work. He could invite a friend, and he wouldn't be embarrassed or worried that something weird or crazy was going to happen. I've wanted to have a church, and we do have a church, full of strong, godly, righteous men. Men who value being husbands, 
Men who value being fathers. Men who value being grandfathers. Men who are not afraid to stand up for what's right. Listen, we live in a time where being silent is over. Listen, you don't need to be quiet at your job. You don't need to not say anything for the fear of offending somebody. Listen, we cannot be afraid to talk about how Jesus Christ has changed our life. You don't need to be afraid to talk about how you're glad you're married. You're glad you're a husband. You're glad you're a father. You're glad you're a grandfather. Listen, the next place that God wants to use you is right here in this church. Now, we're full of kids. We're full of teenagers. We're full of young men. There's all different kinds of people in this church. We want you to get your needs met when you come to church. You are sitting in a church that's supernatural. What does that mean? Well, the Bible says that when we gather together, God is here. And God is moving supernaturally. Okay? Our church is supernatural, not spooky natural. There's a difference. Amen? But God is moving in this place. People are being saved. People are being water baptized. People are being healed in their bodies. People are finding healing in their marriages. People are finding hope in their minds. God moves every time we gather together. God moves in this place. And people leave changed. People leave healed. People leave encouraged. You're in the midst of a supernatural group. We want you to come into this place and get your miracle. We want you to come into this place and leave changed. And I know that's happening. It's happening in me. I know it's happening in you. God is doing it. But after that, we want you to bring life to somebody else. Gentlemen, when you come in this place, there are young men in this service who need a hand on a shoulder, who need to be told, hey, I'm glad you're here. Hey, it's good to see you. Hey, thanks for coming to church. Thanks for saying yes to Jesus. I'm proud of you. Now, I've already said it, but I want to say it again. As I look across this room, gentlemen, I'm proud of you. Keith Brim, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you that you work the night shift in Lubbock, Texas, and you drive and you come to church and you've been up all night at work and you bring your wife, and, and I know you don't bring her, you're her mother, but she's here. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. I don't want to get out of there, right? But I, and I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm proud of you. Okay? I've been proud of you for a long time. Okay, before you got married, your mother-in-law called me and said, do I need to run this kid off? And I said, no, I love him, and I'm proud of him, and it's the truth. So you owe me, buddy. Amen. (laughs) I'm playing. Now I'm embarrassing you, and I'm sorry. But as I look across this room, I wish I could take time and call every single one of you by name. I'm proud of you, gentlemen. I'm proud of you that you're in God's house on Sunday morning. I know you're not perfect. I know you make mistakes. So does your pastor. But I'm proud of you. And you need to be spreading that when we gather together. That you grab a kid and say, hey, I'm glad you're here. That you touch somebody else on the shoulder and say, hey, I'm glad you're here. Not to be afraid to do that. This church needs you. And every one of us need to be doing it. Amen? All right. Then the last place, and I've saved, I believe, the most significant for last, and it's your family. As a pastor, 
if I were to win every single person in Tulia to Jesus and I fail with my family, I'm a failure. It doesn't matter if I reach my community. It doesn't matter if I reach the guys I work with. It doesn't matter if I change the whole world. But if I don't influence my children and my family, I have failed. So I've saved the most significant for last. Gentlemen, God wants you to be an influence in your family. He wants you to be a leader. He wants you to be a lover. He wants you to be a provider. He wants you to be a good husband. He wants you to be a good father. God wants to use you to influence your family. Listen to this. The most influential role model your child will ever have is you. That goes for mom and for dad. It's not the sports figure. It's not the rock star. It's not the rapper. It's not the movie star. It's you. The greatest influence in your children's lives is you, mom, you, dad, you, grandmother, you, grandfather. God wants to use you in those areas. If you have a small one at home, let's say birth to three years old, the more you hold them, the more you talk to them, the more you encounter them, the more their brains develop. The more you make eye contact with them, the more their brains develop. Listen, a child is connected to their mother from before birth. They're physically connected through the umbilical cord. But when a child is born, dad, the way you connect is by holding them, by caressing them, by talking to them, by looking into their eyes. As they get older, you hold them in, their, in your lap and you read to them. Dad, you have to decide to physically connect with your child. As you do, it changes them in many positive ways. From birth to three, it develops their brain. Let's do three to 13. I know, dads, I've got a good friend that has three daughters, and I have to change up what he said. But he said as they get older, they start turning into women, and they lose their minds. Now, this is not a woman bashing session, right? But I know how dads are. When your daughters start turning into women, it scares you. And so if you're not careful, you will pull back. And I want to encourage you, gentlemen, not to pull back. All right? Stay involved with your children when they're five and six and seven and eight and nine and ten. Stay connected. Stay engaged. Interact with your children. Because they need that influence. They need that love. They need that attention. Now, they're getting it from mom, but they need it from dad. Amen? All right. The next is 13 to 18. As they turn into teenagers, I know it's hard because they get busy, they get a cell phone, and they can, if you're not careful, you just don't have any contact with them. But they need you to be involved. Don't quit. When your kids are in high school, Dad, don't quit being engaged with your child. Now, let's do 18 and beyond. I have adult children. My adult children are grown, and they're out of the home. They're married, but they still need you to be involved. My daughter needs me involved in her life. My son needs me involved in his life. But you know what they don't need? My daughter's not looking for me to be her boss. She doesn't want me to tell her what to do. I did at one time when she was at home, but now that role has changed. Listen, guys, if you're trying to boss your grown daughter, newsflash, stop. 
Amen? Can I have a hearty amen, ladies? Man, golly. But they need you and their involvement. I know a, I know a woman that got married, and she had a child, and the marriage didn't work out, and they got a divorce. She met another man, and she remarried, and he had children, and she had children. They blended their families together, and then they had another child together. They moved, and when they moved, her father was in her home one time in 20 years. Now, he's deceased. He had time for his hunting trips. He had time for his fishing trips. He had time for work. But he was in her home one time in 20 years. Now, if he had visited her once a year, he would have been in her home 20 times in 20 years. And once a year is not very much. But it would have been way better than once in 20 years. Now, why am I telling you this story? Because your adult daughters and your adult sons need you involved in their lives. Connect with them in whatever way you can, however you can. They need you. Now, listen. If for whatever reason you don't connect with your children, it's called being passive. And when you don't have time for your kids, for whatever reason it is, whether they're 5 or they're 35, it hurts. All right? Passiveness wounds your children. Here's what it does. See, if I don't have time for my daughter, the message to her is, is there must be something wrong with me. If there wasn't, daddy would want to be involved in my life. But because he doesn't, there must be something wrong with me. And it's not true. What's wrong is would be me. Does that make sense? See, guys, what happens is they think it's them when it's you. So I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to be involved in their lives. Whether they're young, whether they're old, you make a difference. Listen, guys, your kids don't care how much money you make. They don't care how big your business is. They want you. Correct? Correct? Amen. So, gentlemen, the community, the church, and your family, God wants to use you in those areas. He wants to empower you. All right, bow your head and let me pray. Father God, I'm thankful this morning for your life and for your love. Father, I want to pray for every man in this service. Father God, that you would strengthen his role at his job, strengthen his role in the community. Father, move on their lives, Father. Move on them at church. Move on them in their family. Father God, that every man goes from this place today strengthened and encouraged. And that, Father God, you have your way in our lives as we leave this place. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said?